Well, good morning. I reminded what Jesus told, or what uh, Peter said on the Mount of Transfiguration uh, when he saw, um, with, he was with Peter, James, and John, he saw Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, and he made the biggest understatement of the world ever heard. He said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. And that's how I feel today. Even if there's a small gathering where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that he's here with us? Despite how large or small our gathering is, Jesus is present with us. All right. Well, I wanted to uh, open with a scripture today that's going to kind of be our theme for, uh, for what we're going to talk about today. And it's from John 14, verse 27. And it says this, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. It came to pass in my uh, life uh, one time when my nine-year-old daughter developed this mass in her neck. And it was scary because I didn't know what it was. We had no idea. I was waiting for it to go away. And it didn't, and it was very unsightly, very pronounced. What is this? What's going on? So we obviously had to go to the dock and find out what was going, uh, what was happening. And uh, he said, well, you know, uh, she has to have surgery, and we don't know what we're going to find. Um, other healthcare professionals were saying, oh, you know, this is probably a Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I said, what, what, what do you mean? The girl's nine years old. How are we going to deal with this? And I was very, very scared. And so I prayed and prayed. And my wife and I prayed for our daughter. And what happened after I prayed was I received this measure of peace that I never knew before. It was this peace. You know, the peace that passes all understanding. You just don't know where it comes from. And I began to just have so much faith, and the fear was gone. But in the meantime, the world was telling us, you know, you better be prepared for this. This can go, this can be bad. This can go the wrong way. And so I tried to rebuke that, and, but I had a, a little doubt creeping, and I went to my uh, pastor, John Sparazzo, who some of you know and loved. Uh, he's passed away, but uh, was one of my, fav- my best mentors. And I said to him, Pastor John, everybody around me is saying that this could be bad, and I have peace. Am I a fool? Is something wrong with me? And he said, John, God is in control. And when I heard God is in control, all bets are off. Because he, the sovereign one, is the one, he's the last word on all of it, and I had the peace. And when I knelt down in the waiting room with my wife while my daughter was in surgery... We prayed again, and the nurse came through the door, tears in her eyes, and she gave us the big thumbs up. Everything is good. There's no malignancy. God had delivered my daughter from this problem. Now I know it doesn't always go that way, does it? It doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes we lose a loved one. Sometimes there is cancer. 
But I want to tell you one thing, that God is in control. And God is faithful. And God knows the future. And the future is his secret. And a lot of, a lot of things we're dealing with today, it's like all this, all this um, uh, you know, the, the, these this talk about like, oh, what's going to, I think I know what's going to happen. Well, we might have to wait another month with this. Well, I'm not sure how this is going to play out with the virus. The truth is we don't know. We don't know, but, but God knows. And we need to have the faith to understand that he knows and believe it. Well, Happy New Year. Or wait, is it really a happy new year? It seems every time we turn around, someone we know has contracted the coronavirus. Friends, loved ones, family, people we know and love are getting sick, being quarantined, hospitalized, put on ventilators, and some of them pass away. The virus doesn't discriminate who it will attack. It's whosoever. We have leaders right here in our church, leaders and congregants, members, that have contracted the virus. And it hasn't gone well for some of them. It's just the idea that it's all around us. And we need to be diligent in prayer and understanding and love for those. So we all have opinions as to how we should respond to the pandemic. Should we defy the governor's orders uh, we disagree with? Do we all have to wear these masks? Is social distancing really something? I mean, do we really have to do that? What about the restaurants? I like to go to the restaurants. They're all closed. What's up with that? They shouldn't be closed. So we all have different, different points of view. Some of us have questions that have no clear-cut answers. When will this be over? Tell me the truth. Did you ever say that? When will this be over? When is this going to end? I'm tired of this. This really is terrible. I want this to be gone. When is it my turn to get the virus, the vaccine? Who's going to get the vaccine first? You don't know the answers to these questions. Should I get the vaccine? What if I do get the vaccine? What's going to happen in a couple of months when I decide to get the vaccine and you don't? Am I going to have a no mask but a sign that says, don't worry, I had the vaccine? I mean, think about like the chaos there. And then you do have a mask on. It's like, get away from me. I haven't had the vaccine, and I don't want your disease. Mask or no mask. I don't know how that's going to play out. But I think it's unwise to criticize those with opinions about these questions that differ from our own. Arguing about what we should or should not do is not helpful. It's not helpful to argue about what we should or shouldn't do. It can become divisive and polarizing. And I'm here to tell you that one of the greatest tools of the enemy is to divide us. Divide and conquer. And that's happening. Believe it or not, there's, I mean, there's angry letters that come into the pastor, or, or not this pastor, I'm not sure about Josh, but there's, there's reports of people leaving churches because we're not handling the pandemic the right way. And so they disapprove of that and they take their ball and go home. And that's the wrong response. That's not right. So, often we are quick to oppose what others decide to do and chastise them for their decisions. 
you know, I, I had a point of view about the election. And I expressed that point of view to a brother in Christ. And he told me that I need to repent. You need to go home and read your Bible. Because I had a different point of view than he did. And I should be of the Christian, uh, you know, like uh, expression of, what I sh- of how things should be. I'm not even worthy anymore because I feel this particular way. And it's divisive. And we can't do that. But what does James tell us? In, the gospel, in, the, in his letter, he says, be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Be slow to get angry. But too often we're too impulsive. And we have opinions. And we, and we jam them into, into view. And like, this is, this, is, this is the way it should be. Instead of being slow to listen to others' points of view. I'm persuaded that our strong opinions and lack of tolerance for differing points of view are the result of an underlying frustration about this corona, uh, the coronavirus. We are powerless to stop its debilitating effects on our health and our well-being. The truth is we are frustrated, we're anxious, we're worried, and we're fearful. And that's kind of natural, isn't it? I mean... A lot of people dying out there. But the truth is we, are, we, 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 can, we can be overcomers in this. We are living in a time when now, more than ever, we must seek the answers to our confusion and fears. Let me submit to you that the answer lies in a conscious and deliberate embrace of our Father and our faith in God. I know that's Christianity 101, but that's where we need to be. We need to trust God. Because where else are we, we going to go? It's time to allow him to have his way with us, to trust him, trust his promises, and to, learn, to lean heavily on his word. So instead of blurting out uh, our authoritative rhetoric to anyone who will listen to us, we should be humble and kind to those, who, those around us, to the ones who disagree with us, to the ones God has placed in our sphere of influence. He has done that. There are people that God has sent to you for comfort and for prayer and for understanding and for wisdom. Not come to you and say, like you're on some bandwagon jumping in with everybody else and you don't sound any different than the world sounds. Because you're angry. And you're mad that you have to wear the mask. And, you, and everything that goes with that. And all the closings, it's so bad, isn't it? And you have that conversation. But we need to be the strong ones. We need to come out and be separate from that. And lead We need to lead with faith, not grumbling, not murmuring. And I'm not sure we do that all the time. It's just easy to to, to curse the darkness instead of lighting a candle. It's easier to do that. But we have to be diligent. We have to be on our guard. We have to be ambassadors. We have to be representatives of Jesus in all situations. There's nothing good about the pandemic that I can think of. 
it's drawing us together a little more. It's confining us to uh, some things that we used to do, but now we have to maybe do some things that are better and different. So, inst- so here is what we can, here's how we can start. In the Gospel of John, chapter 16, 31 through 33, God gave me this uh, for you. Jesus asked, do you finally believe? But the time is coming. Instead, it is here now when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. That's what's happening right now. We are being scattered. We're not together anymore. This church is, uh, you know, not full the way it used to be, the way it usually is, because we're scattered. We're in different places. And unfortunately, like the scripture says here, we have left him alone. Instead of trusting him, we're, we're just in a tizzy. And we have to guard against that. And we can overcome that. God has overcome the world. Nothing surprises him. We need to get on board and be faithful and to be wise, and to be gentle. The second part of this verse says, uh, um, Yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. I have told you all this, so that you may have peace in me. You may have peace in me. There's no other peace that's worth anything, except for the peace that we have in Christ. I have told you this, all this, so that you may have peace in me here, here on earth and will have many trials and sorrows. No doubt. Take it to the bank. We are going to have many trials and sorrows. We already have them. You've had them in your life. I've had them in mine. It's part of the, it's part of the program, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus put it right there, but he was quick to say this. But take heart because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Nothing surprises me. I know what's going on. I know the present. I know the future. I know what's going on. So take heart. I have overcome the world. That's good news today for us. So what do we think Jesus meant by that? Jesus is greater than any difficult circumstance, any adverse situation, any calamity, or any pandemic. Simply put, Jesus is faithful, Jesus is sovereign, Jesus is in control, and the future is his secret. The future is his business. We've had so many people try to prognosticate about when is this going to end? Well, maybe in a couple of months. Well, maybe when we get the vaccine. Well, what if everybody doesn't get the vaccine? And on and on and on. But Jesus knows, the Father knows the future, and it's his business. And we should fall in line and trust him for what he will bring upon this earth. Only when we embrace the truth of his proclamation that he has overcome the world and indeed has made us also to be overcomers by his grace and his mercy is he able to use us for his glory in the midst of the storm of this life. Only then will we be able to understand and obey what Peter wrote in his, perse- in, in his persecuted, I'm sorry, to his persecuted friends scattered throughout Asia Minor. When they have scattered where they have been exiled. And this is what he said. 
in 1 Peter 3, 8, and 9. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate, retaliate with insults. Um, when people insult you, instead, pay them back with a blessing that is with God, that is what God has called you and I to do, and He will grant you His blessing. It's all about trusting in Him. It's not about railing at what's going on, it's trusting Him in the midst of this. And you know what happens then? We become a standard, we become the quality that people, the quality of life that people need. They look to us because we don't walk around like the sky is falling. We don't walk around grumbling and murmuring and they want to know why. They want to know why we're like that because we have hope in the one that holds the future. We have hope in that, in God. I'll leave you with this. It's time to start joining in. It's time to stop joining in with the chorus of murmuring and complaining about how bad things are and how we can't wait for this thing to be over with and how we're sick and tired of these stupid masks and all these rules and all these restrictions and all these unnecessary closings and on and on and on. We need, to see, we need to set the standard for gratitude. We need to set the standard for joy. We need to be the ones that worship the King of Kings in the presence of those who are confused, who are scared. We can be a beacon of light to them, but we can't do that if we're separated and if we're scattered and if we just are, are always complaining and murmuring and just acting like they're acting. There's a place for us to be holy as he is holy. And we will bring people to Christ when they see our good behavior, when they see how we respond. We need to set the standard for gratitude. I said that in Jesus. When we do, we'll be able to fulfill the command given to us in Peter's letter. And this is where I close. This is... um, 1 Peter chapter 13, 315, I'm sorry. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Why are you so calm? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Rather than... Why are you so, why, why, why do you feel this way? Why are you doing it this way? You're doing this wrong. We need to just have some respect and some compassion as believers. And I leave you with that. God is in control. God is faithful. God, is, God knows the future. And the future is his business. God bless you.